happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And not just the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm Holly Fry. And I'm Tracy V. Wilson. Tracy, we talked about Joe Nivison Hopper this week. We did, and uh, it sucked. Yeah, you you worked on this for a while. I did. And, you know, we, we talked to each other um, as we're working on things. And seeing the progression of, uh, I think I'm going to do an episode on Edward Hopper. And then kind of shifting to be like, I think what I actually want to talk about is his wife. And then increasingly angry and upset yeah. by the details of their relationship. Yeah, I mean, there were... I, I, there have been moments in the past where I've been researching something that's already very near and dear to my heart where it's moved me to tears. Like when we did way back a million years ago, our Haunted Mansion episodes, and I had to talk about Walt dying in the middle of that project. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to cry. I cried during the research. I didn't cry when we recorded that part, surprisingly. But this is one where it was people that I had not had like a long lifetime knowledge of their story, affinity towards, et cetera. And there were several times where I just had to, like, push back from the table in my computer, and I just sat there and wept for her. Yeah. Yeah. And got so angry. Well, <laughs> like, crying angry in some cases where I just wanted to spit bullets through history, back yeah. through the time machine, and clock Edward Hopper squarely in the head. Well, and by total coincidence, the last episode that I worked on before recording this one was Bert Morisot. And the contrast between how her husband approached her career as an artist, which to my knowledge, there was not a sense from him that he was like, well, I love art the best thing in the world, but I guess I'm going to give it up and focus. Like, I 
I didn't get that sense from them at all. I got way more of a sense that was he was like, I love my wife and I love her work and I'm going to support it. Yeah. Like, it was just such the opposite from <laughs> what we just talked about. Yeah. Uh, there was also, I mean, this this is not surprising, but I came across one particular article from not too long ago that discussed some of Joe's journals and this whole thing, and they interviewed a person who had known the Hoppers mm-hmm. and is completely dismissive of the whole thing and is very oh. much like, Joe was very dramatic. I don't, you know, she just did this stuff. I, she just got herself worked into a tizzy. And I'm like, okay, let's say for the sake of argument, she, she was, she admitted herself she was very anxious and could be very um, excitable and quick to anger. Let's just acknowledge all that and go, sure, like maybe she was dramatic, but there's no denying that like she was showing with Picasso before they got married and then her career just went nowhere and he admitted to her later in life that was what he always wanted. Yeah. She has every right to be dramatic and angry, in my opinion. And moreover, these are her journals she was writing for herself or letters to close friends. It wasn't like she was putting him on blast everywhere. She had nothing to gain from these. So it it that frustrated me on a whole other level where I'm like, well, how nice for you that you defend your friend who was abusive. Um, <laughs> it's very frustrating. Made me super duper angry, super sad. Yeah, I mean, I I will say this: there is um, there is also in terms of historical context, right? In her writing about their what sounds like horrible and unpleasant and unhappy sex life. I don't think that was all that uncommon for the time, right? In that women were sort of expected to not know anything about sexuality. Mm -hmm. And men just kind of did whatever they wanted. Um, I don't think that's an uncommon story for a a wife in the early 1920s at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And even some of their biographers have mentioned as much, like that this isn't necessarily an outlier, unfortunately, of a relationship for this time. But it it's still just so heartbreaking because she still does want him to love her and find her physically attractive. That plays into a lot of her very, like, fond discussions of when she's modeling for him. Like, she mm-hmm. loved to model for him nude because she felt like that was when he desired her the most. And, like, obviously, like, was that a remove of kindness because he was painting and not being violent in any way Mm -hmm. and it's just like that just adds this other layer to the onion of misery where i'm like oh i don't know how we're gonna get through this episode but we did yeah uh and i'm sorry if it was super unpleasant for listeners but i also think like that those are important stories to tell i think there are probably a lot of people particularly a lot of women who just like shrank into the background so that their spouse could be the one Particularly in art, she mentions other artists' wives that she has a similar story with. Um, so it is, it's the downerest downer of Downey Town I could possibly have put together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and it's uh, sometimes when, when it's been so long since we've done a live show and people have asked us about working on difficult episodes, um, I've sort of felt like a lot of the episodes that we've worked on can sort of be roughly categorized as either we knew something was going to be really difficult and traumatic, but it also seemed like relevant and important to talk about. Or we knew that it was going to be kind of traumatic and upsetting, but it turned out to be way worse than we 
expected. And then sometimes it's like surprise trauma. And this one, it I think, mostly went into the surprise trauma bucket. Yeah, I mean, it was a progression, right? Like, just as I had adjusted to one level of like, oh, this is so sad, then I would turn a page and be like, oh, dear Lord. Like, it just yeah. got so much worse so quickly in some cases. Yeah, it's very heartbreaking. I will say, if you go to uh, the Whitney's website and you look up particularly that portrait that they have, the colors in it are so beautiful and bubbly. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's a salve for all of this, but it is very charming. Um, and I I hope that we'll see. I mean, like I said, there have been places, um, including places that focus a lot on Edward Hopper, that have given her exhibits and tried to, you know, contextualize all of this and give her her own moment. Um, but I'm hoping we will have more of those and that her art will become more easily seen uh, even if you are not able to attend such events, because, mm-hmm. you know, I think she's earned it. Yeah. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts season two of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if everyone's being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. 
Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. week on the show, we talked about the Kerner Commission report. Uh, after multiple years of people suggesting that we do uh, an episode on this, the whole 400-page report, because it's an official publication of the government, the report itself is not protected by copyright. So the whole thing is on the internet. Um, you can read the whole thing, and it is so much. Like, <laughs> it's the... The descriptions of what had happened in the cities that they looked at in detail is just almost overwhelming is not quite the right word, but like as you're reading it, you just, you are seeing the same patterns that the commission then pointed out in detail as you're reading the accounts of these and then getting into the individual recommendations that just 70 pages, so many pages, Uh, I mentioned at the top of the episode that there is a new condensed version of the report. I haven't specifically read the condensed version (laughs) because I was looking at the whole entire thing. Um, But that version is meant to be uh, more accessible to, like, undergraduate classrooms that might want to uh, study this in the context of, um, you know, courses on racism or social justice or government or any of that. It's um, eye-opening and frustrating. Yeah. It had been a really long time since I revisited anything about it. Um, I mean, I remember um, studying it briefly in a class in college, but it was really, like, not even the condensed version. It was, like, excerpts that had been pulled out for us, specifically. Right, right. So then when you look at just, especially given the place we are all now. Yeah. um, It... It's uh, it makes you want to shake your fist at the sky a little bit. Yeah, um, there is a book about the writing of the report, which I did not, uh, I didn't consult that book as a source, um, during the research on this. But that came out in 2018 in conjunction with the 50th anniversary of it, and I saw some interviews with the author of it, who I'm, I don't. I don't want to cast aspersions because I've said so many things on the show that did not age well. But it was really interesting to watch and listen to these interviews about the report that were done in 2018 prior to the all the protests that started uh, last year, um, primarily after the murder of George Floyd. But obviously, there was a uh, there were a lot of other incidents that were also going on at about the same time. And so I, w- I would watch this and then kind of go, "Yikes!" Like <laughs> that statement did not wind up right. being particularly true. So, yeah, it was a lot to go through. Um, There are lots of different uh, places that have just the summary um, online. And even if reading just the summary, you get a really good idea of what all went into this report and what kinds of things uh, it was recommending. One quote that I had (laughs) that did not get into the final episode uh, because I was really trying to keep it to a, a reasonable length of time it was a quote from a Dr. Kenneth B. Clark, who uh, was quoted 
in the summary of the report um, and, and said, I read that report of the 1919 riot in Chicago, and it's as if I were reading the report invest- of the investigating committee of the Harlem riot of 35, the report of the investigating committee on the Harlem riot of 43, the report of the McCone Commission on the Watts riot. I must, again, in candor, say to you members of this commission, it is a kind of Alice in Wonderland with the same moving picture re-shown over and over again, the same analysis, the same recommendations, and the same inaction. And I was like, "What that that sure does sum it up. Yeah. Um, we mentioned this in the in the episode, but one of the criticisms of it is definitely like this report is looking at violence within black communities as the problem while essentially ignoring the hundreds and hundreds of years of violence enacted against black communities by white mobs, many of which we have talked about on the show before. Like, we have spent a lot more time on the show because, frankly, there's a much longer history of that. Uh, And the report mentions that kind of stuff in sort of the 300-year historical overview, but it's just like it doesn't even think that maybe there needs to be a question of that. Yeah, there's like a a missed dot that didn't get connected in the drawing. Yeah. Like, no, no, that's part of the arc. Oh, well, I guess we skipped that arc. It got a little hard on one. <laughs> yeah. It, it also doesn't really thoroughly interrogate why police killed so many people during a lot of these uprisings beyond making recommendations that police have uh, access to to weapons other than batons and firearms, right. which, like, that has its own complicated history that we've talked about more in our episode on tear gas. So, yeah, there was so much going on that, like, somebody could do a whole podcast series. Maybe somebody did in, in 2018 when it was the 50th anniversary. Right. To really go through every single chapter of this and talk about, you know, which of these things that would happen, which didn't work, like, what was the outcome on all of this? Because there's just a ton of it. I'm I'm trying to figure out any kind of um not do me takeaway and I can't. Yes, yeah, frustrating. <laughs> uh, I, I, frustrating is not even an adequate word for that um at all. It's like it did as I was reading it. I kept this thinking, okay, this particular thing seems to be better than it was 50 years ago, but this particular thing feels like it could have been written yesterday. Um yeah. Yeah, it's like I I want to be an optimistic and hopeful person and say we're making incremental steps forward, but the increments are so tiny in some cases yeah. that, like, it's yeah. not an acceptable degree. Yeah, well, and that was really, like, one of the, even though the the report did not um, specifically discuss a lot of the the reforms and things that had happened in the previous few years, uh, like, the report's existence made it clear that things like the Civil Rights Act and... Uh, all of the other acts that were part of the Great Society programs, like all of those things that made it clear, like, this is not enough. It's not, it's just not, not enough. Um, And that was one of the things that made the president so angry (laughs) about this report. Um, There are some reports that Johnson tried to, like, secretly make some of these things, like, into part of his agenda in the remainder of his presidency, But there are also recorded phone conversations that he had with people where he was like, if I had known that that guy was going to just take it over and turn it into this whole thing, I wouldn't have even done it. Like, he was clearly angry and petulant about the direction the commission went over the the direction that he thought it was going to go. It's kind of like that age-old thing I 
uh, tell people, which is like, don't ask me the question if you don't actually want the answer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that can be the key takeaway for today. Uh, Don't have a presidential commission examining the causes of violence unless you are prepared to get the actual answer. So, happy Friday again. If it's your weekend coming up, have a great time. If not, I hope your your days go smoothly. We will be back with a classic on Saturday and a brand new episode on Monday. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.